Hello and welcome to Time to Talk, the podcast that brings you important conversations about health in a digestible form. I am your host, Dr. Claire Gilvray from Cognitive Sports Therapy. I bring you over 20 years of clinical experience. So sit back or pop on your trainers and head out the door and let's go. Great. Um, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for um, Time to Talk um, on our Wednesday evening. We're a little bit later, but I wanted to bring um, Becky in tonight and she's been teaching. So she's been um, busy already this evening. Thanks for joining me, Becky. Um, and I think the plan for tonight's session was to spend a little bit of time thinking about cycling, but um, women and cycling, because I think it's maybe the lesser known um, mm. area when it comes to cycling. We tend to label it as a male sport, but I'm hoping we're turning the tables on that a little bit. Um, and yeah, and, and Becky and I have linked just across social media. I love this for, for bringing me to actually meeting people. Um, but Becky works in the Cambridgeshire area. So that's our kind of crossover. You're a physio, sort of NHS and private. So again, mm. we kind of link across that direction for and patient care and um, but I know that you're a big advocate for women in cycling you, you're a specialized um, yeah ambassador however ambassador. you want to put it <laughs> yeah no it's great and I always see you doing things like um getting people hands-on learning how to change tires and do mechanical things and leading groups across to Paris that was the last thing I saw you do which is <laughs> yeah. amazing do you want to tell me a little bit about how you've got to where you've got to and you know where your passion for cycling I guess has come from yeah, of course. Um, and, and and just tell me if I'm like wafting off topics. I know we do that. Um, <laughs> I guess. Um, so like, how did I get into cycling, really? Well, I kind of had to. Um, like a lot of people, I so I did a, a normal science degree before I did my physiotherapy degree. So I was up at Newcastle um, in the northern bit of, Newcastle, of the UK. And I basically was like, I need a bike because I had to have a bike to get to uni. Um, yeah. And then ended up with I was a swimmer while I was there and a lot of those people were like getting into triathlon because that was like 2009 2010 like triathlon wasn't huge back but it was then, coming wasn't it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah yeah and there was loads of people that were like starting to get into it and I was kind of like oh I've got this road bike that my dad's given me I can't remember if that one was the one that got nicked within about two months it probably was let's face it like I did all of the <laughs> I've done all of the things that everybody's like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, well, everybody does all of them and you just learn. So that's how I ended up with a road bike. And I, I basically I hated it because I was like, I can't ride it. It's like so like wobbly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I used it loads then. I heard about triathlon while I was still up in Newcastle, but I was still swimming so much. And then I went down to Birmingham to do my physiotherapy masters. Um, it's like it was like a graduate entry kind of one. So I was there for a couple of years studying and got into triathlon there. And I was basically swimming. Then I was like, oh, I'll do a half marathon. And I actually did a half. I, I did an all right time. And I remember thinking, like, I've obviously just quite fit from swimming my whole life. And then somebody was like, oh, you know, do you do any cross training? And oh, I went to spinning and I've always I did personal training for when I was about 15 or 16. So I'd always stepped in and done spin classes because nobody everybody hated teaching them. because they were all like wanting to do loads of bodybuilding. So I was like, oh, I'll do spin because I'm quite. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I sort of like those things all just suddenly added up. And then somebody was like, you should do triathlon. And I was like, OK, like went along at Birmingham. 
um like knew nothing like I was like I can ride a road bike and that was about it and then just kind of fell into it and fell in love with it and I think I had such a lovely coach at Birmingham and Louise Barron like anybody that knows triathlon in the UK will know Louise and I think she nurtured something in me despite it being a very stressful time trying to become a physio and do placements and you'll know what it's like like doing placements yeah. it's just like oh god it's awful and um and I sort of found something I thought oh no I'm not I'm not terrible at this I really enjoyed it had some lovely people around us supporting us and lent all the kit from everybody like I didn't own any of it I think I, I, like I remember at one point I couldn't race one Sunday and somebody was like oh you can just borrow my bike so I just like went around to somebody else's house such a great it. community isn't it I think that's what that's what you're putting across is just the community yeah. that's around triathlon is just and that's it and lovely and that's how I sort of ended up I think that's how I've ended up thinking like I need to give loads back because that's what that's how I got into it and I truly believe that like no matter what level you are at, you can always help more people into it. Because let's face it, we love sport and we love cycling and we love running or we love triathlon. And like, you just want to share that with everybody. Um, so yeah, so I did triathlon for a few years and then moved to Cambridge, um, more just because my partner had moved here. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just move there after a year. And obviously then everybody's cycling here. And at the same kind of time, I'd applied for this specialised ambassador thing and they had 12 of us at the time. And I was quite lucky, really. I think I'd already started doing some ladies puncture repair classes and mechanics classes just to help people understand stuff about it's the bike because I quite like that. Yeah. Um, you think, I don't know about you, but like being quite being a physio and being good with my hands, I'm like, well, actually, it kind of I get the bike and I get the mechanics. The mechanics of it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up doing that. And then the specialised people were like, oh, we're already doing quite a lot of the stuff we want you to do in the local community. That's how I ended up doing the specialised stuff and volunteering. Um, yeah. And now I'm like, I don't do triathlon anymore. I've stopped swimming because I like sleeping. Um, so <laughs> it's all the early mornings, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I've done this for 25 years of my life. I don't need to do that anymore. So, yeah. And now I'm just I, I cycle and I run. I think the two complement each other really, really well. To a, to a point, like, you know, they're great cross-training, but sometimes I know if I do too much cycling, my running suffers and, and yeah. vice versa. But it's, it's great. And I think there's just so much in cycling that runners love and that so many of the, like, barriers can be very easily broken down. Like, even, like, if I'm leading now on a voluntary beginner's bike ride around Cambridge – you know, we say, well, do you know what? Like helmets aren't compulsory because if that's a barrier for somebody getting on a bike, I'm like, well, I'd rather you come on the bike on these really little cycle routes with us off road and where there's no cars. I'd rather you try it out than feel like you have to invest in a, a 20 pound helmet and that's your barrier to getting on. I know that's quite um, controversial really because I know that personally, I would never ride on the road without a helmet, but yeah, I think if that is somebody's barrier to getting into the sport, if you're riding with them off-road or on a very small cycle path, I'm like, do you know what? Take that barrier away and get them out on it. I think this is the problem, isn't it? So I guess with running, you can just stick a pair of trainers on and you're out the door, aren't you? And I guess the limiting factor when it comes to cycling is not necessarily about the helmet, but it is about the bicycle. And, um, uh, you know, I I do tend to say to people there's quite good places to go and try and source secondhand bikes. 
isn't there a sort of a particularly yeah. around the kind of the Cambridge area you can kind of pick up secondhand bikes really easily much, yeah. yeah and actually Cambridge is a great place to start because it is so flat and it's very bike friendly and yeah. um, there's lots of kind of nice bike trails that you can do that are away from traffic which is a you know it's a great place yeah. to be starting yeah. um and I think we talked a little bit beforehand didn't we about just that thing about you know, there's a lot of people who maybe would have been somebody who would have ran every day, yeah. kind of getting to a point where actually they're starting to pick up niggles here and there mm. and that cycling becomes a really nice thing to bring in as a yeah. a way to keep your fitness up, but it isn't quite so tough on those sort of lower limbs. Yeah, totally. And you can go further and you're not as exhausted the next day. Like, you know, at the periods where I've like been more of a runner and tried to focus on that, I, I'm still running three, four times max a week. Like I, I genuinely yeah. don't know how people or why people want to run like every day of the week because you just get those niggles and you just get exhausted. So, but you can ride probably five or six times a week and still do harder sessions if you wanted to and be recovered really, really quickly. Because if you've got, if you're comfortable on the bike, the bike does a lot of the work for you as well. So yeah. there's, there's that side to it as well. Like, and that's why I say like, I recommend it to everybody. And I think it's, you know, I've tried it and sort of gone, yeah, this does work. Like you yeah. can really benefit both things. So. And I think as well, I mean, a lot of our kind of my audience is all about kind of mental well-being and that kind of thing. And I think um, cycling, even possibly more so than running, can be really social. Yeah. You know, that, as you say, you're possibly not pushing quite so hard. You're possibly mm. able to have more of those sort of conversations while you're cycling along with someone. And there's nothing quite like that kind of bond when you're cycling with someone. I mean, you must have had some great conversations all the way to Paris. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, it. honestly, like I often look back at various things and I'm like oh yeah I was probably a bit tired and a bit delirious during that conversation <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the ride lead into Paris was um so I've done ride leading since I've started the specialized stuff for four or five years now and my friend has started doing more of it over the summer for different companies and they needed an extra girl so I was like yeah cool well, I'll have a go mm. um so we led it was a cycle club actually Woolwich Cycle Club so we had 22 of them um and we sort of had to just ride with them and get them through and oh it was very stressful getting into Paris oh my god and I had like this huge group as well because people didn't want to be in the in the slightly slower group but then some people were didn't want to be in the slightly faster group so I had the medium group so oh, I, everybody there. And I was like please don't die please don't die in the way I think you made some comment about having like a, a creak in your neck because you were kind of looking back over your shoulder for so much just double checking the safety of the group Smash, like <laughs> doing that all the time but I bet an amazing experience and for a lot of people you could see the kind of comments that they were putting in the group to say you know this is something that they maybe didn't think that they would be capable of and you know once you've kind of done that kind of thing then you can then sort of feel like it translates into other areas of our lives doesn't it it's that thing of like I can then face other things I can take on challenges and and just yeah. go for it you know grab life yeah by two yes. hands and yeah I totally agree yeah and you see that in sport don't you when somebody goes oh I've got this thing on my bucket list and I want to do that and quite often it's the marathon but I, I think being a physio, I see this flip side of that when people want to do a marathon and then they get injured and then actually they're really despondent because mm. they're so sad because they've got niggles and stuff as a result of too much training too soon. Yeah. But cycling, like you don't really get that many niggles from it unless you've got really the, the main things of biomechanics are set up or something in the bike. Um, because see people with back problems because they haven't done their back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like so many people go, oh, maybe I want to ride 100 miles. But like 
anybody can ride 100 miles, 100%. And you won't get the same niggles as you will with a marathon. And the feeling of riding 100 miles in a day is like, uh, what? Like, that's hard to drive it. Let's <laughs> yeah. explore it. It's great. I think the other thing that comes across as cycling, and, and I, it's really interesting because I've not heard your story. So I'm a swimmer come runner stroke add on the cycling um and I, I I don't know that I've quite found the love of cycling to the le- level that you have it's definitely still my lesser of my th- three but I think the thing that is interesting or good about cycling um is that ability to sort of try different types so maybe you're not a road cyclist but you yeah. might enjoy being a trail cycler or a mountain biker or even just the the kind of surge of people doing indoor cycling has been massive yeah. through covid um and e-biking's you know really taking a, 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 a yeah it's Amazing. coming on isn't it yeah well, i want one because it would just make yeah. my get to work i'd be like bing bing <laughs> I tried one out recently and it was so much fun having been really quite dubious as a cyclist and thinking of it was being a little bit of like, well, why don't you just cycle? But actually an e-bike is so, you know, as you say, it ticks that box of getting you somewhere a bit quicker without necessarily being sweaty. But actually you're still out there. You're not trapped in a car and you can kind of um, go around a lot of the traffic that gets in the way, particularly in Cambridge. Like my one of my best mates is like 39 weeks pregnant. She's still getting out on an e-bike. And she was like, this has brought me so much that she didn't think that she'd be able to do at, at that point in pregnancy. It's it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. Do you have any tips for someone who's anxious? I, I'll even put myself in this book. So I do have some anxieties, particularly around things like going down hills um, or maybe yeah. kind of, oh, I don't know, taking tight corners. My husband will laugh at that one. But um, have you got what are your have you got any top tips? I'm putting this on you. We should have talked about it beforehand. But for someone who's maybe a little bit anxious, what, what yeah. do you say to them? How do you Improve um, anxiety cycling. two things that help me because even though I do racing and stuff like I still get anxious on certain courses and and that's normal or I'll be in a group and there'll be lots of cycling I'm like, oh god they're a bit close to me mm. um, especially since I've had a couple of crashes this year um a really nice and very easy thing to do can just be to breathe out really slowly for like three or four seconds. And that will go with any kind of mental well-being stuff, won't it? Yeah. But just ride about. And if you can see, if you go, oh, God, there's a descent going up, even if you're riding by yourself, the main thing that we do when we're anxious on the bike is grip the handlebars. Yeah. And then the bike actually feels worse because it can't move. So if it's windy or if... um so it's a take wind wind the bike wants to move underneath you and it needs to because it needs to counteract what your body's doing as it's being buffered by the wind so relaxing your hands on the handlebar actually you know if this is if this is like the hoods of the handlebars there just actually just opening your fingertips up and kind of like you don't need to be on the brakes all the time so just loosening them off can be one of the best things and as you do that just kind of breathe out really really slowly and if you are cornering and you think, oh gosh, it's tighter than I thought it was, a bit like you would be in a car, you're like, oh God, I'm in the wrong gear. Mm. Um, don't look at the tightest bit of the turn, like the bit that we're worried about, don't look at it because that's where the bike will naturally turn into. Okay. So look out of the corner where you're going and then your hips and your shoulders will follow you through into that corner and out the other side. So if you end up on like a sort of tight hairpin or something, that's a really kind of good point. And the same for descending as well. Um, 
descending actually like the best place that you can have your hands when you're descending is on the the drops if you're on a road bike so on the curved bit but I appreciate especially because I'm quite small um if your setup on the bike isn't amazing then that may feel very alien to you because you you need to feel like you're quite close to the ground yeah so you need to, so actually you're in you're in better control of the bike the lower you are because your center of gravity will will drop down a tiny little bit biomechanically but you need to have faith in your handlebars and the fact that you can get to the brakes and if you're a lady quite often we need narrower handlebars with shallow um drops and so you can get so you've got that grip yeah. um yeah. and actually there's loads of ways that you can kind of change that a little tiny bit um on your bike even without changing the handlebars you can pull the lever in and stuff a little bit more and have yeah. it there so that's their like my sort of top tips but there's loads on the british cycling website about how to take a corner and i can send you a link if you wanted to um but that's that's a gr- absolute game changer and it's just knowing where to lean the bike so if you're going into a left-hand corner, you would lean your bike inwards towards the corner and your shoulders go back the other way as a counterbalance. And your outer leg, so if the corner's going left, your outer leg wants to be straight and have your weight into it. So you stay when you have to rather than one leg and a bent yeah. knee. Um, if you watch any awesome. of the Tour de France, watch what they do and just copy I think it. that is the thing, isn't it? It's watching how the experts do it and then kind of it, it kind of sinks in a little bit. And that outside leg being down, I think, is, is what I've been kind of drummed into me several yeah. times from people. It's, it, it's hard because then you get anxious and you forget all of that and you just go back to being like, oh, God, I'm holding on for daylight. Yeah, but then you're back to your breathing, aren't you, and just slowing things down a little bit and kind of taking your time rather than thinking about needing to make a, a rush decision. Yeah. So so fini- finishing off, because we've gone over 15 minutes already, awesome. believe it or not, but um, how can anybody find you? Where, where can so, we find you? And- um, on my Instagram is probably the most active thing I use. Um, so that's at try, T-R-I underscore raving, R-A-V-I-N-G. Don't ask, it's a bit of a historical tag. And I just <laughs> And I also have a Facebook page. So that's just Becky Hair Sports Performance and Physiotherapy. But I tend to cross share any of the beginners rides that I do that are all free. Um, and if I'm doing anything with the council in terms of puncture repair kit um, sessions or mechanics kind of sessions and stuff, I'll cross share those on there. So um, and people Brilliant. can just message me like my website's all on there. So you can Super. just message me whenever need be. Brilliant. That's really, really helpful. Thank you, Becky. Um, And as I say, if anyone's got any questions, please do feel free to um, send them to me or to Becky directly. Um, And I'm going to keep this video kind of um, recorded if you kind of want to catch up with it again later. But thank you, Becky, for joining me. That's quite all right. (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been Time to Talk with Dr. Claire Gilvray from Cognitive Sports Therapy, wishing you a strong mind, body and breath.